Well, I think some um, introductions are in order here. We've got the founder and CTO of Valerian Technology, the founder and CTO of Harpoon. And by the way, this is just one person, not two. He's personally architected and led development efforts in many enterprise systems, including production systems in the Army, Air Force, Navy, Space Force, intelligence community. And he also serves as a CTO for a couple technology firms, most notably Metronome. Dominic Holt, thank you for coming on the Pulse Wave. How you doing? I couldn't think of any better thing to do on a Wednesday. I just drank some coffee, as you saw, and uh, in at least 10 minutes, I'll be appropriately caffeinated for our discussion. Nice. Well, I just finished my second prime of the day, so we're equally caffeinated. And, you know, something that... I don't know if I've even told you this yet. Something that I really admire about you and it sort of strikes me almost in every meeting that we're in is your level of confidence. And, you know, sometimes people say, you know, this person carries himself or herself with confidence or, you know, when they walk in the room, you know, they, and it's not that you do carry yourself with confidence, but it's more of the conviction. And then when you look back and you look at your history, you know, you have a history of, you know, problem solving, achieving goals and doing some pretty amazing things. So in saying all of those things, you know, I am curious about how that happened. Uh, really, we're really getting into the, the meat. We're already past the potatoes and the vegetables at this point, you know, like um, it wasn't even really that I got into college that I, I really feel like I developed any confidence at all like honestly i went to a really hard schools rit and um everybody there had way more experience than i did writing software and doing technology because i came from maine you know our where the our technology innovation is lobster uh yeah i just i was there and i was i wasn't doing really well and i think there was definitely a point where i was like i'm gonna do this or or not and i was like yeah i want to do this so I just went out and I asked for help and I um, got a bunch of extra mentors, people who were better than I was, like more senior than I was in college. And um, they were willing to help me and they just, I went after classes, I went and met with them and they made me do more work, like write more code and do more things so that I could get better. And I did, like I put in a lot of extra hours in college and by the time I graduated, um, you know, I was in, you know, not, not the top of my class probably, but I was, I was definitely in the top tier. Um, and, uh, you know, I was looking down multiple job offers and things like that. And I ended up going and working for a large company. And I think that's where things really started, where I, I just wanted to be the, in the next space. Like I wanted to be doing the next thing. I wanted to be moving faster. And, um, I kept volunteering for all these crazy jobs or things that other people didn't want to do, you know, like, uh, I'm always trying to do stuff that's hard that other people are running away from. And after a while, you just kind of build up confidence, you know, like, you're like, well, I've seen something like that before. Um, this is probably related. We don't know the, the perfect answer, but like we can probably work through it. So confidence coming from experience and repetition and knowledge 
and hard work. You know, looking at your career, looking to the things that you've achieved, as I'm curious, like what, when do you feel successful? Um, I don't know. I think like being successful is doing what you love, right? Like I'm successful every time I spend time with my family and we do something fun or we like create a new memory together. I'm successful anytime I can work with somebody and help solve their problem. Like I, I feel like this, this concept of customer service is like this, um, you know, like so underrated, um, you know, it's only customer service if you're a business, but it's like providing customer empathy and customer service to, to people to help solve their problems. Like those are successes to me. And I, I try to have those types of successes every day. It's interesting. The concept of having, um, customer service for life and not just, I am, I have a customer service department for my wife, a customer service department for my kids. (laughs) Um, the other thing that we have in common, Dom, is that we're business partners with our wives. And I don't know how many times when someone finds out that you work with your wife every day, when they say, oh, there's no way I could ever do that. Have you ever heard that? All the time. Yeah. My experience has been illuminating. You know, like, um, first of all, let me go on record and say that my wife is a genius because she is. Like, I... And she's going to be annoyed that I said that because I don't think that she thinks that, but she is. And the the reason that she is a genius is because like I will give her something to work on or ask for her help with something and she'll be like, got it, right? And I don't know, she always comes back like a few days later and she has the answer. And it's not it's not just like some half-assed thrown together thing it's like the answer you know like it's it's like i did a bunch of research on the internet and i found a thing and this is going to solve the problem and here you go i mean these are these are things that i have they're not like simple tasks like there are things that i struggled with for months and like could not figure out on my own and i said like can you please help me with this um and she's like yeah Sounds, sounds fine. Like, I'll see what I can do. And then like literally three, four days, like comes back, problems up. So, you know, talking about Harpoon, you've been working on this for, I want to say the better part of five years, give or take. Seven. Seven years. Well, that's definitely the better part of five. Where does it lead from here? You know, how does, where does Harpoon grow? Yeah. I mean, um, Harpoon is, is like, I just got into the DevOps scene really early. I got handed this role at Lockheed to like basically figure out what was the reference architecture for DevOps, even though that wasn't called that at the time, cloud automation for, for Lockheed. So DevOps was, they were referring to it as cloud automation at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. I thought this was a total shit assignment because I was a software engineer and this was like a system administration job. And if I wanted an ops job, I would have, you know, gone into ops and like nothing against ops people. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, And I started looking at this and I was, I just had this moment and I was like, this is just common sense, right? Like if I can write code to do ops stuff, 
then it will just work the same way every time. And there won't have to be this huge fight between me and the ops team, uh, which is definitely happening right now, where we're talking about why it runs perfectly on my laptop and why it doesn't work in the production server that we're trying to deploy it on. We argue about who's more stupid for you know six months until we find out that like they just had the wrong version of one of the 9,000 dependencies that we use to run the software and we just needed to upgrade the version and now everything works, right? So um, I, I ended up going in and working for a, a company that was um, Navy focused. And this is like still very much the beginning of, of DevOps and Kubernetes and all that stuff. And we, we were able to like do automated deployments of Kubernetes on uh, a Navy destroyer uh, sitting out in the ocean. And like, we we're pushing real time updates to Navy ships. And it was like, you know, like really pat on the back moment. Like, this is pretty cool. You know what, what we accomplished. Um, but I mean, the, the, the thought process back there then was that all software developers were going to just become super proficient in DevOps and there was just going to be another thing that they could do. And I feel like that also kind of was the feeling around data science and artificial intelligence. And like, none of those things really came. So I just felt like this, it was, a you know, it couldn't persist forever. Like somebody was going to commoditize DevOps. Um, and so I just started thinking through Harpoon. Um, and I just decided that if somebody um, could make Kubernetes super easy to use, because it's a very complex piece of software, um, Kubernetes is powering a lot of the software for the Fortune 1000, for mid-market companies, for startups. Like, it's used all over the place. Um, but, you know, people are are paying folks $200,000, $300,000 a year just to maintain Kubernetes clusters. Um, and when they leave, it's hard to find a replacement. Uh, when, when we, when I thought about designing Harpoon, I was thinking about the Navy's use case, actually, you know, like the Navy, a lot of the sailors are actually pretty young, you know, average age, like 18 to 20. Um, if you're 18 to 20, like no way you've got a four or five year college degree and a bunch of experience, like it's pretty unlikely. So what happens on a Navy ship when the software stops working, they turn off the server. Um, and then they don't have that capability anymore. And I don't know about you, but like, let's say the United States is going to go to war and we needed a bunch of capabilities on our Navy ships and some of the software stopped working. Would you want to like have them be in a position where they just have to turn off the server and wait until they go back to port or if somebody flies out with a helicopter to reinstall the software, you know, like, no, right. You'd want to them to have the system be so simple to restart and get running again that, um, you know, if, if a system goes down, cause that's software, um, like software is still problematic in this day and age, you know, like I have a, a Tesla, my wife has a Tesla and it just like bricked the other day. Like, <laughs> It was a paperweight sitting in our, and I mean, this is a huge company. Like people are driving these cars around the road, right? Like software has problems. There's always going to be bugs in software and sometimes they stop working. And so the important part is to be able to recover from those instances gracefully. Right. Um, and so that's really what Harpoon helps people to do. Like anybody can gracefully recover and help keep systems run that may not have otherwise.
that's that's crazy. So, uh, so I'm interested. So you said your first use case was the Navy. Is that why there was a, the name of the harpoon being aquatic? Why did you name it harpoon? Um, there's this company, uh, Docker. Docker, if you don't know Docker, they were basically the company that made containers popular. And um, their uh, mascot, their logo is a whale named Moby. And a lot... so. Kubernetes runs uh, containers and um, it basically is a container orchestrator. And um, so you have a lot of different containers. They have to all talk to each other and do things with each other. And like somebody needs to conduct the orchestra, right? So Harpoon is a bit of an inside joke as far as, you know, like we're making the, uh, how do I not get sued? Uh, (laughs) They're making a, they're making it, it easier to, you know, use Docker containers and, uh, you know, making the whale problem go away. Um, so he's talked a little about, um, you know, Harpoon and uh, where that came from. Um, so obviously one of your other ventures right now is Metronome. What currently excites you <laughs> about Metronome and where Metronome's going? Um, I mean... One of the things that excites me the most about Metronome is actually the culture, right? And I mean, I think it extends down from from you and Jen for sure, but you know, like there's there's a lot of shortcuts in defense companies, commercial companies, every type of company, like everyone always needs more people. You know, they're just like, just give me some people. You know, I don't care who the people are. I mean, I'm not saying people are inherently bad or anything. It's just like Certain people are good at solving some problems. Certain good people are good at solving other problems, right? And you've hired the wrong person for the wrong problem. The wrong company doesn't fit the culture. Like all of these things tend to create tumultuous environments, right? Um, and for as long as I can remember since we've met, you know, like there's just this really steady iron grip focus around maintaining metronomes culture, metronomes ethos their way of doing business hiring the right people passing on people who aren't the right fit um even when it's painful and i mean that type of steadfast determination towards having a positive culture that affects great change in the world um and i just really admire that because as a business owner myself i've been in those situations and i know how hard it is to be like no, actually, we are going to do what's right for the company and the employees and the the culture. And we're always going to make that choice. Like what we've been working on together is starting to go out and find more and more interesting problems to solve for the, the government. And I think we started to find them, you know, like I think, um, you know, modern uh, building out the software supply chain for the air force and the dod and securing it and uh launching more rockets into space accelerating the pace of launching rockets for space force by modernizing the ranges and like how cool is that you know like how many how many people can say like they're creating value for elon musk and uh SpaceX and Blue Origin and, uh, you know, like some of the biggest names on the planet, the biggest companies, most well-known brands, 
Um, and also like just affecting that dramatic change in the world, like because of metronome to a large degree, like space force is going to launch more rockets into space next year. It's pretty exciting and humbling. Um, and you know, for me, I'm, I'm not technical at all, but you know, I've got some strengths and to be able to round out metronome continue to round out metronome with a technologist as yourself. We've got, it's for me, it's really, and you as a business owner as well, when you find people that are able that you fit like a puzzle piece with who do this and you hear it all the time, you know, you got to find people that compliment you and it's the truth. But now Dom, this is the most exciting part of this whole thing because right now is the pulse check. Are you ready for the pulse check? That is the portion of the show where I will ask you questions and you will answer questions in the form of a song lyric or a song title. Let's have a little bit of fun. Dominic Colt, what is the government's general ability to continually transform today in 2023? I'm, I'm, de I'm always going to get myself in trouble when people ask me questions, Virgil. That's the problem. Um, so I have, a, I have a lot of respect for the government, but uh i want to say bridge over troubled water i love it dominic holt you are an amazing guy you are an amazing cto and i'm lucky to call you my friend one more time the founder and cto of valerian technology founder and ceo of harpoon and most importantly the cto of metronome dominic holt thank you so much for being on thanks for joining the pulse wave <laughs>